Chris, who's their manager? They have a new guy. I, I saw. So I was watching the other day. And I'm like, who is this lad? It's someone we've never heard of. Um, gosh, someone is shouting it at home. I'm gonna look it up because he, it's some Spanish lad, mate. Um, really? His name never... is. I'm coming to it right now. Daniel his Fark. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You definitely know Daniel Fark, mate. <laughs> mate, and he's not Spanish. <laughs> he's German, <laughs> which oh, isn't no. isn't even close to Spanish. On today's footy corner, Lukaku scores a goal for Chelsea for the first time in nearly 10 years as the Blues bully the hapless Gunners at the Emirates. Mikel Antonio dances with and kisses a cutout of himself in West Ham's hammering of Leicester to take them atop the table. Liverpool, Tottenham, and Brighton remain perfect. Harry Kane is staying with the Spurs, and the Nirvana album cover baby feels like a porn star. Along with the typical predictions, Nas of the Week, and Gambling Corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner. Areen, how's everything going? Everything's going good. I'm having my nachos balgrande as we speak. Uh, it was one of those days at work where you just go home and say, fuck it. I'm going to get a heart attack today. And if I, if it happens, it happens. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Big Taco Bell moves today. I see. So, yeah, has, so has it been like that the last few weeks? Yes. Um, and my body will show it, but here's, um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, shout out before we go into anything, shout out Maritimo. Yes. Um, uh, tying Porto one, one. So right off the bat, I want to get that and Portugal becoming officially in the top five big leagues of the world. So, uh, surpassing France, I believe. So there you go. Maritimo is now the uh, top team in any league I root for a team in, by the way. So they're now in eighth place in Portugal. And um, the other teams I root for are respectively in 19th in the Premier League and probably in last place in MLS. So Do Bayern Munich count? Yeah. They, you know what? I feel like they do, but it's weird because the other teams to me are a little more elevated. I have more connections to these teams. When you go so, to the team's games, it means different. Yeah, I, like Maritimo, yeah, Maritimo bond, bombed up because, well, not only did I go to their game and go to their store, but, like, I have that story about getting married, like, you know, not too far from their stadium. and uh, Literally a couple of blocks, honestly, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not far at all. Just up, up the little hill that I told everyone, shout out Brian, who made fun of me for saying that is not a little hill. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not. That was a lie. Uh, but also, I want to give a shout out while we're on it to the Maritimo Ultras in America, <laughs> a group yes, that sir. has four of us in there. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you are looking to joining the Maritimo Ultras in America, if you want to keep up with the game, let me know at the footy corner two. Uh, you know, you have to pass a few tests to join us, but we're welcoming anyone and everyone because, you know, hey, Maritimo needs fans and we know that uh, it's going to be a long haul to make the top four this year or top three in Portugal or four. It's four, right? Uh, it's three. Shit. Well, we'll see. We got to hope that either the triple threat of Porto, Benfica and sporting. So, and then Braga's that, that fourth team. 
Yeah, we're coming for both Braga and Porto. I'll say that because Benfica and Sporting have been fired this year. So anyway, uh, you know, so there's that. We'll get to the Premier League front now, I guess. I was trying to hold off as long as I could, but here we are. And of course, by name, the big match of the weekend, by name, was a London derby. It was Arsenal nil, Chelsea two, Lukaku and James scoring in the first half. Chelsea pretty much on cruise control in the second half. There wasn't really much that, that flustered them. Uh, Lukaku scoring a goal. He, it was a milestone goal. I mean, I, I have a question for you. We're going to start off right off the bat with a trivia question. Um, how many has he scored? It's a milestone goal. How many has he scored in a Chelsea shirt? In a Chelsea shirt? Yes. So like I said, it was a milestone. So it was like a rounded, it was, it was a, you know, it wasn't like 47. <laughs> um, Man, he never really – did he have like one full season with Chelsea even? Um, I don't know. Did he? 20? 20. You want to know how many? That was his first Chelsea goal. What? Oh. Is that nuts? Wow. I yeah. shared that because what, I had – Premier League goal or goal? Uh, oh, that's a good question. That I don't I know. like he's probably scored in like a league cup for them when he was younger. You know? Maybe. Oh no! Now I need to check my stat department. The intern needs to check on it. The stat <laughs> I have here, I believe it's his first overall. It says his first goal in 16 appearances for the club, wow. and this goal was nine years and 360 days, so almost 10 years after he made his Chelsea debut in 2011. So there you go. Fun awesome. stat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I wonder if anyone guessing. Let us know at the footy corner too if you guessed right while we were pausing to guess that. I don't know if many. Would have known that, but um, but yeah, let's go to the game a little bit. Uh, I don't think there were too many controversial things that happened. There was one, but we'll get to it in a little bit. My question, though, Chelsea pretty much bossed the game. Uh, they worked Tuchel's system and, and moving the ball to each of the wings, and now they have Lukaku down the middle to tear shit up, to take people with him. To, and you saw on, on the first goal, he took Mari down, he murdered him. And then he took another player out of the play on the second goal that gave Reese James kind of a one-on-one on the back post with Lukaku on the team. Do you see Chelsea as a very viable uh, title contender? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when they added Lukaku, like I said, um, that's when you got to really put them in the conversation for contender up there with City. And um, I mean, I put Liverpool up there. I'm not even being biased. Um, as long as everyone's fit. Um those those three teams we're yet to see well we'll get to them but we're yet to see like a full you know united squad i feel like so i'm not going to jump the gun with them but yeah i'd say they're a complete team that has a mix of youth experience uh chemistry i think the only only person that you correct me if i'm wrong that's maybe in that lineup now that's wasn't on their last on their champions league winning team is um is lukaku right yeah Correct. So, so they've added, yeah, he, they added him to. Yeah, that's all they've added. Team. So, I mean, and, and you know what? He's he's worn the Chelsea shirt before. So, um, yeah, 100%. And um, I know that this might suck to hear, but like, I know the perform. you might not be happy with the performance, but I mean, 2 0 loss against Chelsea with everything that's going on with Arsenal isn't the worst thing to happen or that could have happened, in my, in my opinion. You know, it's pretty bad. You know, you never want to be shut out at home, but considering it's the Champions League, you know, champions, 
Well, yeah. I mean, bringing up what you did, and that kind of goes to my point. You look at the bench players, right? You're talking about a great squad. They brought in Conte, Werner, and Ziyech off the bench. Like, if you have those types of players coming off your bench, um, that's quite the that's quite the depth. So, yeah. I, before we do move on to Arsenal, because I think a lot of the talk is and 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 has been about that team this week. Um, I do want to give Chelsea just a, just a little brief credit for yeah, they looked. I mean, they did look good, and like you said, it's it's not really a shameful thing this year to lose to the champions league winners two nothing under the circumstances you look at their roster they're I mean, they're a loaded team. Hell I picked them to win the league even before they got Lukaku in the season preview episode. Um, and now I just, I just love that three, in my opinion too, it's a three team race developing uh, that's going to develop between city, Liverpool and Chelsea. But yeah, like you mentioned, Arsenal, uh, the circumstances you speak of, you know, they, they had a lot of COVID, right. They were missing in this particular match, Ben White, was was announced out with COVID like minutes before the match, or no, probably a couple hours before the match. Thomas Party's still been dead. Um, Odegaard wasn't registered in time, I believe, for this match, so he wasn't even on the bench. Uh, and then three strikers in Ketia, Lacazette, um, and then Aubameyang coming back. He played like the last, I think, what, 15 minutes. So that's not a full lineup. That's not really a, a great lineup. And I agree with you there that um, right off the bat, they were disadvantaged. They, I mean, they were no better than like a 12th place EPL team playing a top team, uh, you know, um, player wise, talent wise. I think what made me mad as a fan was the fact that you might agree. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not on this one. So I'd like your take here that Arteta knew what he had. You know, he knew Ben White was out. Garbalish was out. And these are really the two players. Garbalish is probably the only player that might be able to physically match up with Lukaku. Ben White might be the only other one with some talent that could figure it out. But when you have holding Pablo Mari, who's God awful, I just, I don't want him on the team anymore. Callum Chambers. Like if these are your guys, you need to go back five. You need to have three center backs for Lukaku. What are your thoughts on them going with a back two of a uh, holding and, and Mari who are, by the way, combined 6 million pounds. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'd agree with you. Um, you know, <clears throat> Back five. I mean, who else would you add there? Like, who you're just saying, like, double team him, or yeah, I would have probably, if you were going to put holding and Murray, I would have moved Tierney also as a left sided center back because he's done it before, and then put the uh, the kid Nuno Tavares that they got from Benfica out as an attacking left, you know, back so that at least they had three center backs to deal with Lukaku because they were getting ran, you know, they were getting uh murdered by oh. him. And so, I don't know. I thought that would have been nice to have some enforcements because actually both, on both goals, and I hate to do this because he's a great player and he's going to be a great player for us, but Bukayo Saka was nowhere to be found tracking back on either of them. So it would have helped to have had defenders because, you know, they were worried about getting goals up top. So I thought that was an issue. You know, so so this is this is a question I got for you. So going into that game, if you knew your team was going for a nil-nil draw, would you be happy with that? Uh, I'd say this. And, and so that essentially what you're, what you're saying is I'm willing to, I mean, you guys, I mean, you scored zero goals anyway, but, but you're saying we're pretty shit, but you're saying, well, g- given you weren't healthy, right. you know, right. but you're, you're, you liked that. You'd rather have the optimism of, of, being able to score and maybe, maybe get three points or would you have been fine with them being like, 
All right, five in the back. Because there's no way that you put five in the back with everyone that you're missing and that you come out with three points just because I don't see how you'd score because this is a Chelsea team that's, you know, last year, going off last year, it's the same team pretty much. Um, that was the best defensively, I believe. Um, yeah. And goals given up. So if you're going back five and you're done, I mean, you're not gonna, you're, you're not looking to score a goal. So would you have been happy if Arteta set up like that, like you're suggesting, but you know you're going to get a nil-nil draw? Would you have been happy with that? Well, the only reason I say it is because there's such a gulf in talent, and this reminds me of the. Uh, it was was it late last season or maybe two seasons ago? It was when COVID was happening. And Arsenal were way worse than the teams they were playing. I believe they had a couple games against City and Liverpool where they went five in the back and probably had 10% possession or 20% possession, but somehow came out with wins in those matches because they defended and just either A, waited for a mistake, which I think happened against you, uh, against you guys, and against City, they had the counter. Now, again, that was when they had Aubameyang, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in this match. But that was kind of what I was hoping would happen, that they play – organize and then nick one with either Saka, pepe one of their fast guys up top but but again you're right it's the manager is at a disadvantage with with who he's got with who's injured um and that's just a team that uh, you know when you play and i think an arsenal fan can stomach hey in our first three matches you're probably not going to get anything out of chelsea and city i think it's that brentford game that really hurt you know losing that brentford match i think really hurt and that's what's causing the morale because today um <laughs> they came out in carabao cup i don't know if you saw this they won six nothing against West Brom today in the uh, Carabao Cup match, but uh, I tried to enjoy the twenty minutes of that because I know we don't really score. But anyway, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying, and, and I think that. But, but uh, um, I wouldn't take too much out of that win, unfortunately. But there's a good thing, and it's that when we've learned that COVID can can affect athletes differently and badly. Um, I believe a bombing is coming off of COVID, right? And he scored a hat trick today. So correct, yeah. Whenever you get one, you know, arguably someone that could be the most crucial player moving forward this season, um, and he's your number nine, when you can net a hat trick, even if it's against West Brom or I don't know who they had <laughs> playing, but it's just good. It's just good for him to get those reps in and subconsciously know that, hey, like I could score again and score, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, um, yeah, so I think that's a positive that you could take out of the West Brom win, but really, I wouldn't take too much out of it. But um, I, I think, I know that's just how the soccer world is, right? You play the Champions League champions, you lose 2 nothing when you're missing your star striker for every for all but 15 minutes and, and other players as well. Um, and they'll put you on soccer memes, they'll put you on Twitter, they'll create rant videos, but... In the grand scheme of things, you played a team that 99.9% of the teams in the world can't beat when healthy. Right. So, um, it, yeah, because it's a rough start and that Brentford is is something dark to look at. But um, I don't think this loss is too much of a, you know, thing to panic about. Or That's why, I like, you know, you I go on Twitter – and 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 these TikTok videos catch my trend of liking soccer, so I get a lot of sometimes rant videos of Arsenal fans. It's it's like just relax. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> so many teams are going to lose the Chelsea. Like a lot of teams are going to lose the Chelsea this season. So, and and I think most Arsenal fans aren't expecting you know a Champions run this year or something. So um, 
I think it's okay to be upset like you were last week when you lost to Brentford or like, you know, if you don't get a result against like Norwich or something like that's good. But like, if you lose to a city, a Liverpool, a Chelsea, you know, you have to take everything into consideration. And I keep saying it, but you were missing key players, right? Yeah. So um, take everything into consideration. You know. Yeah, I will say this. You, you mentioned the memes. A big, a big stat that came out this is the first time ever in 118 seasons in England's top four tiers, Arsenal have opened the league with two defeats and no goals after two matches. But yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And I think a lot of the fan base perspective should be, okay, this city match is going to happen. Just get through it. Get to the international break. Your season starts after the international break, as, as bad as it sounds. Uh, and the other positive I want to say out of this, I don't know if you caught this. Um, I'm, I'm hearing a couple other neutrals said this that I thought – uh, Sambi Lokonga looked looked good. He was, to me, one of the only players that looked good, and I, I really liked what I saw from him and what he could bring in the future for this uh, midfield. Yeah, I think, well, I need to see more of him, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what his role happens when Party comes back. Yeah. Uh, but two, two players, I, I genuinely, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I root a little bit for Arsenal because of you, but, like, I think if from a neutral standpoint, you know how I these guys – and I'm not just talking out of my ass. Like these guys like Sterling, Grealish, like I caught them kind of early. I genuinely think Saka and Emil Smith Rowe have that, that raw talent that I saw in a lot of these guys. And I'm just like, they're really fucking fun to watch now when they're like fucking preteens. Oh, wow. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's nonsense. <laughs> that is Jeff is going to call you out for being a nonce mate. Right. But <laughs> they're fun to watch, man. But yeah. Um, my takeaway from this is let's just see who do you guys play next week? So we got city coming up and that's why after the international break, our season begins. So this, that's why they needed this West Brom game and, pretty bad, just for morale. You need to win somewhere. <laughs> and it is the hard, honest truth, but they'll probably lose the city and oh, yeah. then the shit's just going to get even worse. But I think you and other Arsenal fans just be like, all right, it's Chelsea and city. Yeah. You know, let's, let's really just, Focus on, you know, I don't know, reality for a second. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? I think when we saw the fixture list, or at least I did when I saw it, I said, okay, you know, you got to come out with that Brentford match with result because the other two, I don't think there are any expectations. So you see what happens. And I think a lot will also hinge on the transfer window. I think because the, the window closes on the 31st, which I think is a Monday. Are so, Arsenal still hunting? Uh, if they can sell enough players, I heard they're hunting for a right back because Callum Chambers at right back or Cedric Suarez probably is not going to cut it. So oh, let's man. see what happens there. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing word names and stuff, but I won't, uh, we won't get too, too into that. Uh, a bit underwhelming from what I've seen. And I, I know everyone loves them from Arsenal. Uh, someone that's been a bit underwhelming. I think I've seen him responsible for like a goal or two. Uh, it's Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Last game, last game was not a good game for him. Was, I think <laughs> it was one that was, uh, him and I, I don't even want to say I didn't want to say it in the chat because I'm like oh, Ash is already pissed off but um, <laughs> he's someone that's been a little bit underwhelming but I'm sure he, he'll perform yeah he got drawn in pretty bad I think the Chelsea attack giving him credit did a good job of switching fields here and there and then he was trying to cover for that Pablo Marie nonsense that guy I'm done with Pablo Marie that's that's the end of that but yeah I know I agree he did have a rough game I think a lot of players had rough games Martinelli and Balogun might need loans uh you know, they, I, I like their potential, but Smith Rowe had a couple loans. He went to Huddersfield. He went to Germany. You know, he, that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize some of these kids that play had two, three loans 
and, yeah. and how they work out. So, so we'll see what happens with them. We'll, we'll call it a mulligan for the first uh, few. Uh, games. I mean, also, also Chelsea, yeah. um, man, they're, uh, they're looking scary for uh, anyone that wants to play them. So they are. So we'll see. Yeah. With them, we'll see what happens coming forward with, uh, with their big match against the Liverpool that we'll talk about a little later. Uh, another team that from London that's done well, perhaps the second best team in London question mark West Ham four one winners over Leicester. Uh, they had Fornals score Ben Rama scored uh, Antonio had a brace Tielemans added one somewhere in between. But I think the first thing I want to ask before we really get into the West Ham being, you know, as good as they are, a lot of this match hinged on the AOZ Perez red card in the 40th minute. I don't know if you're able to catch that. Not on Nikhil. Huh? What was that? Shout out Nikhil. Yeah, Nikhil's boy. And that's his first red card in the Premier League. What are your thoughts on that on that call? Um, you know, because again, in slow motion, it's obvious. But if you look at it in real time, what, did you think that was the right call on AOZ? Um, I agree with you. So it's weird because when something looks different in real time than slow-mo, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. <laughs> do you think the ref, do you think the ref really, I don't know. I don't know. See, I still think I'll say this. I think it was, it was a red card. It just wasn't as bad as it looked. I mean, I, I think he accidentally would, but again, you could still get a red card accidentally. Yeah. Um, and I think AOZ just stepped a little too far to his left with his left foot. And, and when you go, when your studs are up, whether you're going for that ball or not, yeah. if you miss it, uh, that's that. So that, yeah, that put Leicester at a big disadvantage, but man, you know, still to, to, for West Ham to score that many goals, Mikel Antonio, we talked about him last episode. He becomes West Ham's outright top score in the premier league with his 48th and 49th goals. If you recall, we made fun of the fact that he was a uh, tie with the Canyon for 47. So, so here's you know, what, the thing. Yeah. Oh, no, go on. I think I you're about to ask, it. what are your thoughts on, on West Ham, man? Like, are they, uh, are they a top team to be reckoned with if they can keep Declan Rice? I mean, like a top team. I think they'll be like same place as they were last year, like around there. Okay. Something that I've noticed and thought about, and also shout out Talk Sport. I listened to them just randomly throughout the day, and they were talking about West Ham, and someone brought up a good point. Because as you know, one of my favorite players, um, just because he was fun to watch, and I've you know, taken a picture with him, Lanzini is a good example of this. They've always seemed to have quality and spent money. They've just never been healthy. Like, let's be honest. Like, I feel like every season you look at like their lineup comes up and they're always like missing players on like flash score. And it's just a huge list for West Ham. So it's like, you know, this is a team that invests and like, you look at like Ben Rama, I think last year was like, I know he was a championship team. Um, but it's still a big leap to the premier league. So last year was kind of like his introduction is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. It's playing great this year. Mikel Antonio, it, him and Romelu Lukaku are bringing back like the power striker. And I think now you're going to see a demand for a lot of people focused on like fast center backs. That was like the thing because of like Vardy and uh, other people like Rashford and all those people. Now you're going to see a demand for center backs that want power because you have these big fucking motherfuckers like Lukaku and McAllen, your boy, yeah. Yeah. Antonio. Um, I don't know, but, but I guess, yeah, if they need to keep Declan Rice, um, that's that's 100% if they want to like kind of reach their maximum ability mm-hmm. this year or whatever. So, 
yeah, they need to stay healthy because when they stay healthy, I think they're genuinely a good team. And um, I think Moyes knows what he's doing with this, with this squad as well. And, you know, a lot depends on that, but it seems like he knows what he's doing. But they just need to stay healthy because all these West Ham teams in the past, just looking in hindsight, they just haven't been healthy. Maybe we're finally seeing for the first time in like 20,000 years a healthy West Ham team. And they're actually fun to watch. You're right. Actually, Mikel Antonio is the prime example of someone that gets hurt literally every other game. Who, by the way, is now a Jamaican international. He has the Jamaican flag by his name. So there's that. <laughs> he's he's going to be coming to a CONCACAF stadium uh, near you for, for the international. So that, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I look and only Masuaku is missing. So they have all these players that were available. And yep. uh, yeah, if they're healthy, man, I, I'm okay. telling you, they'll be fun. Ben Rama, by the way, shout out Brentford, former Brentford player um, with Ollie Watkins. How that team didn't get promoted, I'll never know. But uh, I mean, yeah, so they, is, is looking great as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we mentioned Declan Rice is Declan Rice. Um, How about your boy, Gerard Bowen? Yeah. <laughs> shout out Gerard Bowen. What a guy. Would you take him at Liverpool? No. Okay. So that hasn't changed. All no. right. So, so we'll, we'll see a little more about them in a bit. Lester, yeah. you know, would you be worried about, about this, about them, you know, losing this or is it ah, got a red card? Let's see what happens in the next match. I mean, yeah, I would be worried because I picked them to fucking play, uh, to win. <laughs> Um, you sure did. I'm going to mention it in the gambling corner too. You did. Um, <laughs> you know, West Ham is really good and you were down a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They, I think they should a little bit just because um, I know I said West Ham's really good on paper, but Leicester is even better on paper. Um, right. That's true. It's, it's okay to lose, but maybe not 4 1. Yeah. Kaglar made a bad error for that second goal. And that's an error he usually doesn't make. Our boy, yeah. so you too. I think at this point, maybe I'm more scared of West Ham than I am with Leicester. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Fair enough. No, I am too. But but yeah, you look at the bench. Actually, they had some good players come off the bench. Uh, uh, Bubukari, Sumari, and uh, Patsendaka, who they who they just got in this transfer window. And Ayanacho came off the uh, the yeah. bench. Uh, and, you know, you look who else they had, they had Castagne, who never came on, uh, Dennis Pratt. So, yeah, they yeah. have good players. Uh, I mean, they had other people injured. So I have a question for you. Yes. Is Declan Rice a 100 million pound player? No. <laughs> no. He's no. good. I don't think he's 100 million pounds. Do you think he's under 100 million pounds? Do you, sell, do you sell him for anything under 100 million? If I'm West Ham and I – man – for trying to do what they what they want to do, I'm looking to see if they have any replacements. I feel like for them, he might be worth that much because if they lose him, it's really going to hurt their morale. It's going to hurt them as a team. But I think any team buying him, 100 mil is a lot of money, man. I think up to 80, you even consider selling him with West Ham. But if it's anything lower than that, I think West Ham's happy with their team. You keep you keep what you have. If you were to slap a price tag on, on Declan Rice, is it 80 million then? I think for how worth he is to West Ham. I say yes, but any team that would buy him for that, I, I wouldn't, I feel like. How about the world football? Like if you were transfermarkeats.com, what yeah. do you value? Oh, if I was transfer marked, it would probably be like 60, 65, but I'm just saying he's worth 80 to West Ham. He's worth 80 to West Ham. There's that little extra that he's worth to them than he is to any team he'd go to, if that makes sense. I just feel like certain players 
worth more to certain teams than like, for instance, Jack Grealish, his price. I mean, he's a really good player, but his price yeah. was really high because he's worth so much to Aston Villa and he's worth more to them than he is to city. True. If that makes sense. I don't know. It's a weird way of putting it, but yeah, Lester, we'll see what happens. West Hammer top of the table, man. This is the only the second time ever. First time since August 22nd of 2006. We'll see if they can get into September being top of the league. I, I haven't, I don't know, maybe with their fixture. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let's go to a team now. We've talked about two impressive teams from London. Let's talk about a team that disappointed this week after really putting on a show last week. Southampton won, United, Manchester United won. Uh, this week, it was Fred scoring an own goal. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, oh boy. It was kind of a... Uh, a harsh own goal, I guess, because uh, Che Adams took the shot and it deflected off. And then uh, Greenwood did equalize in the 55th, uh, kind of on some nice build-up play there. Man United, two little facts. First of all, that goal that, uh, you know how we ripped on Fred last episode? Yeah. So I don't know if you, did you hear what Che Adams said in the you know after the match? What? So after the match, Che Adams uh, was talking to a reporter and he was asked about that goal and said, oh, you know, how do you feel about Fred getting that goal and not you? He said, I think they gave him the goal because he doesn't score many. I'll take it as an assist. So he, <laughs> he took a shot at Fred, too. I guess he's a fan of the pod. Um, yeah. United now unbeaten in their last 27 away Premier League matches, 17 wins, 10 draws, equaling the longest streak in English top flight history with Arsenal from April 2003 to September 2004. Do you think of that as a real record or because there were no fans, it's kind of, eh. uh, <laughs> you know, in all honesty, it does take away. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, Cause that's the whole, that's why playing on the road's difficult. Like, you know, that's the whole point of why it's tough, you know, amongst, I mean, there are other things, but I think the main thing is when you have a bunch of English people that are swearing at you and saying wild shit, that's, you know, probably the main thing. So, yeah, um, I think, you know, it's still valid, but I, I do think it does take away a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we're seeing it early in the season. I believe the first week, seven of 10 home teams won matches. Uh, and I believe also, you know, we look at it this week. I think you had five of the 10 that won their matches. There were three draws and two away wins. So you only yeah. had a combined five away wins out of 20 Premier League matches, 25% which is a lot less than it was last year. So I do agree with that as being the case. And it was a little, it was a little odd to see, you know, United struggle. I I made a comment during the match. I said, man, these guys have an easy schedule to start the season. That's an advantage. And then they, they kind of shit the bed a little bit. Uh, What, what do you think it was in this game that caused me a lot of criticism on Martial up front and how he played? Um, You can't say it's because they moved Pogba around. They kept him out there. And I thought, thought Pogba still played. Okay. Uh, what what was it in this match you think that caused them some some issues? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. You know, that's the one thing that I think everyone was scared of or that everyone mentioned last week when United did do good mm-hmm. um, or when Pogba had that, you know, insane performance is they were like, you, you heard the common thing or it was either A, he does this for France or B, it's just he shows up when he wants to or when he's feeling it on that. It's con- It's consistency is the other thing. And, um, you know, I think they're, they're used to Rashford being in that lineup a lot too. So that mm-hmm. I think that hurt them a good amount, especially the attack yeah. as much as I rate Tony shout out, Tony, um, <laughs> your boy. Yeah. But I think that that affected them 
a little bit as well. But still, I think this was a really bad result just because of um, just because of I don't know the opposition. <laughs> well, and also, so a little bit of picking at Olay. Olay has Olay got Jaden Sanchez boy. and Rafael Varan. And he still doesn't play any of them. Okay, fine. Maybe Ron is coming to the team and, and McGuire and Lindelof did so well last match. But what I'm wondering is, you know, if Tony was struggling a bit. Ron is not match fit, mate. I don't okay, know. That's he fine. Signed yeah. like three days. That's fine. Well, but I'm talking more house. so. Yeah, more so about up top, though. Look at up top. I mean, Martial, you know, he, he wasn't cutting it. Why don't you move Greenwood back up there? Greenwood played so well up top last you game. Bring and you put the, Sancho on the, the right wing. Oh, I, was, maybe, I don't think Sancho is match fit either. That's, that's the thing. I, I mean, Sancho starts if he is. There's no way Ole's just sitting Jaden Sancho on the bench, dude. I mean, mate, I don't know. He did, and then he brought him in late again. No, I, I don't know. I just think uh, – and when the hell are they going to use Donny Van de Beek? Like, <laughs> man, this man needs to transfer out right now. It's so sad what happened to him, man. It's so sad because he was a baller. He needs to leave. I mean, who's he coming in over? I mean, he even had Daniel James starting last week over Mandy. Did he play in there? I mean, they had surely they had a cup match, didn't they? Or was it just the shit teams that have cup matches? Wow. Did you, did you, you, team. Did you guys have? Well, I mean, it's true. I think because usually don't like the oh, we top not. four or five or six um, not have to play in the first round of matches, I think. Yeah. So you guys didn't have to play. No. I'm pretty sure the teams that are in Europa – also didn't have to play. I don't think How about the either. European league or whatever. <laughs> I don't see Tottenham on here. So I don't think the European conference even had to play. So basically, uh, yeah, I mean, I can consider my team part of the shit teams, but at least all I can say is at least I got to see them win a match. So I was pretty happy that we, we had that. Match. But yeah, I mean, United. Oh, yeah. Interesting stuff. I, I got caught in the sauce and I thought they had it, but then now you see all the criticism about Olay people saying that if, uh, if Klopp, if Pep, and a Tuchel, if they had the team that Ole has, this would not have happened. So I don't know. I think it's Which just, I agree with. Yeah. Okay. So you and Nikhil are in the Ole out boat. I think we just have to see what he can do. It's just it, it's just so weird because last week you sat there and thought, man, the way Pogba played, that they, you know, this is this is the United that we know. This is a this is gonna be a four-team race now. Now I'm back to thinking, oh, I should have known better. They, they drew us all in and, and that happened. Uh, so Southampton, shout out Ralph Hansenhudel. Good <laughs> yeah, boy. And boy. Theo Walcott. And they still have Oreo, Oreo Romeo. Oh, that was a tongue twister. Yep. <laughs> that, that man looks weird. He's a weird looking dude. Um, anyway. You know, he's, he's the cousin of Romeo Lukaku? No, he's not. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> you almost had me for a second. I was like, wait, what? Oh, uh, man. But yeah, no. Um, it's just the consistency worries that seem to have played United for the last couple of years. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, a early signs point that same shit. So, and, yeah. And, and all, I mean, yeah, I do think it is a manager manager thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a world-class manager for a world-class team and, um, Ole is not a world-class manager. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, not only was there a shambles from Olay's uh, managerial performance, but uh, Southampton themselves had to apologize to fans who were who ended up being stuck outside of St. Mary's 
due to technical issues with the turnstiles. So people could not get into the stadium because wow. the turnstiles were not turning. Oh, they so couldn't come why, in or leave. They couldn't go in. So actually some fans didn't even get in until halftime. So that was that. Really? They're getting refunds. I'd be pissed <laughs> off, dude. They should. They should. So all, all shambles all across at St. Mary's this weekend. Um, I'll take it to a club that a lot of us picked to disappoint this year. They have six points off two matches. Haven't given up a goal yet this season. I feel awful complimenting a legitimate them. goal. They haven't given up a goal period. Wait, who? Uh, Tottenham. Oh, Tottenham. oh, we're on Tottenham. Tottenham oh. one wolves nil. I, I hate complimenting Delhi Ali scoring a pen. And this is a team that, uh, a team that basically had been playing without Harry Kane up until the last, what, 10 minutes of that match. Uh, you know, Tottenham, I'll say this, Deli Ali getting on the score sheet, looking a lot different than he did scoring all those goals when he did in the past. But Tottenham Oh, no, he looks like a rapper. <laughs> he, he does. That's true. His dreads and his facial hair. <laughs> he does. It is a bit different. Tottenham have only lost one of the previous 44 Premier League matches in which Deli Ali has scored a goal. So that's pretty that's pretty wild in my book. Deli um, Ali of 2018 was a fucking dog, dude. He was. He was a dog, man. I don't know what the hell happened to that guy, but he needs to find – he – Jose. Jose is what happened to that guy. I, something happened between them that his confidence must have fallen. I'm not trying to slam on Jose Mourinho, but yeah. there are certain players that when yeah. he gets to them that they just – like, they, you know, you think of Tottenham, Danny Rose. I mean, he's not even on that team anymore. Deli Ali really struggled, so – I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think some managers bring out the best and the worst and some players. And like you said, him and Marina probably just didn't see eye to eye. To eye. And yeah, it does. A, it definitely, yeah, who, who's around you affects so much. So exactly. Yeah. In all aspects of, of life. So here's, here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. I have two questions. One, it's just wildly say if you're, you know, you're a Tottenham fan, you see Harry Kane, you see his number show up in that late stages of the game. Are you part of the the crowd that cheers him or are you calling him Judas and telling him to fuck off? You know, I would, here's the thing you hear all this. Everything was rumors, right? Until he came out and spoke. And as much as I dislike Harry Kane, he never made a statement outwardly and purely that said, I do not want to play here. Right. He never said anything. It was all just based on, Oh, I heard this from this person. I heard that. So I would have, you know, being, if I were the Tottenham fan, I probably would cheer because I know that's my only hope to compete this year. Granted, they've done well without him, but I feel like if, if, if we're losing him, I'm like, well, this season is kind of lost. Now you think, ah, we've won our two matches and he's playing, he's coming back. I would have, I would have been cheering. Well, I guess he hadn't announced he's back when he came in, but I would have been cheering and I would have been like, well, this at the time I would have been like, this is the last 16 minutes. I'm going to see him. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you saw, did you see Samuel army's tweet? Uh, Sam from no. the, he, he went, uh, when Harry Kane came on, I think Tonham has this graphic that just says on and it had Harry Kane's signature under it and like half his face. Yeah. And his tweet said TFW. What does that mean again? TFW. Um, I've seen it, but I never know what that means. A fucking something maybe. Oh, he said tfw she already told you she wants a divorce but some sex is better than no sex <laughs> when harry kane was coming on uh at the time thought that was pretty funny uh that was good 
And Nikhil, after Harry Kane's announcement today, who said it was incredible to see the reception from Spurs fans on Sunday and to read some of the messages of support I've had the last few weeks, I'll be staying at Tottenham this summer and will 100% focus on helping the team achieve success. Nikhil says, City get embarrassed. Uh, any thoughts on that? Surely it wasn't just the fans cheering that made him come back. What do you think played a process or role in Harry Kane coming back? And now does that change your outlook on Spurs for this season? Dude, <laughs> this could be the Ronaldo effect that you guys talk about. Not that I believe it, but that you guys believe it. Damn it, man. I was going to come with a controversial take. I, I'm going to hear yours, and then I'll tell you mine. Um, you know, so you look at guys like Hummin's son, who could probably go to another team, honestly. If he put up this fuckery and, and let's say, like, if he was up for sale, people would be all over in my opinion, probably even a better team than Tottenham would probably come in and get him. But he, instead of making, he, he signed an extension. He did. He quiet. And when everyone's leaving, you're, you know, the manager's gone, Harry Kane's saying, fuck this. He signed an extension and said, you know what? I'm a Spurs player. So it's, it's when you see that at, at some point, you're like, maybe that's our leader. Like that's someone you know, that's setting an example for our team. And in a sense kind of brings us closer together when the whole world's saying you're going to be shit because this one guy's leaving. And then they change their system. I think a bit to, you know, incorporate Burwine a little bit maybe and, and whatnot. And they looks, they looked really good. Like they're still attacking, um, you know, son. I mean, like you saw Delhi step up, Delhi scored son's always going to be a threat. Um, but I don't know, maybe just team unity and maybe just this different style of play, you know, it could also be because teams haven't seen it yet, obviously. So um, that could play a role in it, but I don't know. I think you team unity wise and just like showing a different look and maybe even being more effective that way under um, Espirito Santos, whatever the fuck his name is. I think. NES. Bro, yeah. I mean, I think Kane is world-class. But maybe Spurs could, I mean, they definitely could live without him, I think, you know, and that's why part of me is saying, you know, they could have just been playing hardball just to get the most out of City. And I think, you know, in my honest opinion, I'm going to come out and say it, play too fucking hardball from City, milk everything from the, from their, from their owners and just, Mm -hmm. you know, spend it wisely. I think I would sell Kane still, but like, I think they're better without him, man. I honestly do. Well, you killed my hot take, man. I was going to actually say this. Maybe for a similar, it could be a similar reason, but you said it exactly correct on last week's episode when we did predictions. And Brian and I went for the draw in this match. You said Nuno knows his old team best. Well, and Nuno plays a certain way. And we mentioned, I think, too, that Nuno is a, you know, if you look at this Spurs team, they could be like Wolves a couple years ago where they defended the hell out of people and hit people on the counter. You look at this match and, you know, any outsider watching would say, man, Wolves had a lot of you know chances. Wolves had 58% possession. They had 25 goal attempts. Now, granted, when you look at the goal attempts, it was 25 to eight, but each team had six shots on goal. So that tells you that when Tottenham had their chances, you know, they were breaking on the counter and that's just how Nuno plays and Wolves fell into that trap. So that makes me wonder. And it goes along with what you said. Does Harry Kane fit 
a counterattacking team. The only way I see it is if they want to play long to him and then he could give it to one of those runners in Son and Bergwijn and Lucas. But if, I mean, if those are your three runners, then where, what position is Harry Kane actually playing? So I agree with you. Those three look really in sync the first two games. And I also agree. I think that Harry Kane's going to slow down the attack a little bit and the team under oh, yeah. like this, it's not going to work, but we'll see. We'll now see. that, I mean, and what sucks is they're going to have to almost be forced to kind of um, play him now that he said, you know, I'm staying like, you yeah. know, if I'm new now, I test the waters out without him as long as possible mm-hmm. and see what comes up about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know what? Just fucking go out in the press. And if they ask why he's not playing, just say, we've been fine without him. You know, we're going to stick with what's working because What's someone's response going to be if you say that and you're three and oh, you know, what, what, what's your rebuttal to that? Like, you know, the only thing that's the only reason why I think he might be forced to do it is because um, might be a little bit of the fans, but also, you know, if you're, if you're Tottenham, you want to keep his price high. So, right. Um, right. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think you, you hit it spot on right now as well. You mentioned three and O, which is likely they play Watford this upcoming weekend. So Watford, yeah, very possible. The Watford Wankers are on deck, but they have a surprise in them every once in a while, as uh, I believe both our teams have found out in the past before. So uh, let's see what happens there. Now let's move on to something you're quite a bit of an expert in here. Your boys two nothing wins over Burnley, uh, Diego Jota and, and Sadio Mane keeping up their good form so far early in the season, winning two nil. Virgil van Dijk now has played in 48 home Premier League matches for Liverpool. How many losses? You should know this zero, one. Zero, sir. Yeah, zero. Zero. Only, only our boy Lee Sharp of Manchester United had more in one club. Uh, in, Under the in pot. The, in the competition without losing. So VVD has 11 games to go to catch him at 59 matches. Uh, before I get into your thoughts on Liverpool, I like to know those. I did want to mention, and you probably heard it because you're, like I said, very in touch with uh, Liverpool Twitter. Um, Jurgen Klopp was not happy with uh, Burnley's tackling. He said, uh, "If you," he said something about uh, watching wrestling. He said that. Uh, let me see if I can. Did you did you hear it? Um, he said uh, he hits out. He hit out Burnley for aggressive tackles and yeah. ranted at fans to watch wrestling if they want quote unquote big challenges. So uh, that was the quote. I was looking for that and I found it. I, I don't know. Did you see that one play where I can't remember who it was like body slammed uh, the uh, your boy Simikas. He got body slammed by a uh, yeah. not injured, I think. Right. Or, or he was yeah. hurt. Uh, um, I can't remember which player it was that body slammed him, but I was like, dude, that was that was not right. Do you agree with with uh, Klopp on that one? Because they did say they're trying to let players get away with a little more this season. Yeah. But that that one was a bit wild. Your thoughts um, on, on that? The unfortunate reality of soccer is when you're a really good team or a really good player, um, you're going to get tackled a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's why it's amazing to me that Leo Messi, um, I mean, fuck, you look at some of the tackles that man has, ta- has taken, and it's unbelievable to me that that man can stay healthy. Um, someone that we've seen uh, get affected to it, and I know people want to say it's because he eats too much kebabs, but really it's the injuries that lead to the kebabs. Um, Eden Hazard and yeah. Jose Mourinho hit it spot on. He said, you know, they, cause they asked him, they said, why are you always complaining about the tackle? He said, well, people 
spend their money to watch people like Eden Hazard. And when people keep hitting him or harsh tackling him, you know, soon you won't get Eden Hazard anymore. You know what I mean? So are you paying for the tackles? Or are you paying to see Eden Hazard so, or, you know, talent like that? And we're seeing in Real Madrid. I mean, he hasn't played like more than like three games healthy because of the lingering injuries that happened at the tail end of his Chelsea career. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It sucks, I, but that's the reality of it. And Klopp can only come out and defend his players. You know, when they're in the locker room and they're, <laughs> you, see, you see your player get body slammed. I mean, as a, as a manager, you have to stick up for your team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think deep down Jurgen knows no matter how much he bitches and whines, nothing's going to change. Teams are still right. going to go in for harsh tackles against Mane, Salah, Yota. They're, you know, they're still going to try killing, you know, Van Dyke, Pickford or whatever. You know, it's just this shit, this shit unfortunately happens, which is why in every preview show we have, we say if they stay, if they can stay healthy, you know, that's, that's always up in the air because the best teams tend to always have one or two of their really good players injured, unfortunately, for these reasons. But that's how it is with every team, usually every season. So, yeah, that's true. Fast play teams like Burnley, especially when you face, that's the one where, you know, sometimes you face that's the only the way team. they have a chance to, you know, stay in it too. Right? Yeah. Well, sometimes you face a team that, you know, skill wise, you can manhandle and kill. And the only worry you have is, you know, you know, you're going to win, but can we come out of it this match healthy? That's like the worst thing that can happen. And I feel like Burnley's one of those teams that plays very physical. If I recall a few years back, they pushed uh, they had a player that pushed Alexis Sanchez into their camera. Well, uh, so it's a, it's a scary, yeah. it's one of the few scary teams that play quite physical. Now I do want to ask you, uh, what can we conclude? What do you want to tell people about Liverpool after these first two matches? Not to get too excited, not to jump the gun. Um, unfortunately it is two mediocre teams. So, um, you know, I know they gave up zero goals, but there were still uh, some mistakes that you bet your ass teams like Chelsea, city united or whatever would make them pay for so um we'll know more about them against chelsea put it that way all right that's true and i guess there's one more small thing a debate kind of came up in one of the chats i was in about uh easier fixture lists early in the season i feel like and it was when i brought up with manchester united although even though they dropped a couple points it's fair to say uh, liverpool has been a little beneficial of two easier matches to start the season uh, there are a couple other clubs. I think even Brighton has had a couple of easier matches in the season. So it's not just the bigger teams that have had right. that. Uh, is there an advantage? You, and, I, and I'll give my take. I want to know your take. Is there an advantage to having your easier matches in the first couple matches of the season? Or does it not really matter in your opinion since you play everyone? Oh, no, twice? I think it does. And my this Thanks. is the same Thank theory you. I carry with <laughs> basketball and football for college, yeah. mm-hmm. which is why I love when Purdue played Akron Zips or Indiana State first, you know, two games of the season because you could try shit out and not pay the heavy price. Um, whereas if you were to do that right away against, you know, in football terms, they played a fucking Ohio State right away. You try something new, you might get pick sixth or like, you know, you might find yourself giving up a one-on-one to fucking Timo Warner or Lukaku if you do it against like. Well, it's one just, of those guys will score. One of them won't. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, you get that team chemistry going, you, you, you know, like the, 
familiarity with each other in an actual game. Like you could practice all you want in the practice ground. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's different when you're in a game with fans, um, when it actually means something. So yeah, I think it definitely does benefit, um, those teams, but they also got to make sure they take care of business because I know I said not to get excited, but whole, but I am very happy that they're two for two. Like that is, that's just, you, you can't take any, any point for granted, especially with how good teams are this year. So that's also something to be known. So, so I agree with you, but for a different reason. So it was cause I, I mentioned only because I brought it up in the chat and I think shout out Jeff, he disagreed with me. He says, oh, you play everyone twice. But I really believe in the fact that it does matter when you play a certain team. You know, if you play a team that has everyone injured at one point of the season versus playing them when they're fully healthy, that's another thing. I'll say this. I think in soccer, too, you know, I agree with your points you made about football, basketball. But even just looking specifically at Premier League uh, and when it generally starts and the fact that we always now tend to have summer tournaments or something going on that causes half these players to be away. You, it seems like the one time of the year that teams are not fully fit, have their full team, have all these players from transfers. It's the beginning of the year. And, and that's when some of the bigger teams, I feel like are a little shorthanded or, you know, even I guess the smaller teams you could say, but I think that's when they're, they're prone for the picking. So it's always nicer if they can play uh, a nicer, easier match against Norwich or, or, you know, a, a Burnley or a Watford or, a, you know, something like that. So I feel like uh, it does it does really help teams starting early in the year. So I, I want to know, at the footy corner to everyone else, let us know what you think. Is it advantageous? We know you play everyone twice, but to have a little bit of an easier start, whether it's for the reason you heard Arine say or myself, I think. Um, I think it is, but some people don't. So so let's hear it from, from everyone else. And I know some will say, oh, the, the injuries can happen later in the year, but I'm telling you, when you come back for the season, a lot of people aren't match fit, international breaks, like Arjen said, trying new things out. So uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the results are. You look at Arsenal as a good example. Um, yep. United, like I, I'm sure they would have liked to see Varane and Sancho out there mm -hmm. um, last week. So, yeah. Exactly. That, that's the exact reason. And it seems like, and this is partially an organizational thing. Arsenal are never ready when the season starts. But anyway. Uh, Let me know. Sancho and Braun were out because of match fitness. Right. Like, legit. It's not like they have like, COVID. I think I think Rashford has like shoulder problems, right? Because of that surgery. But yes, yes. Um, those two are just, yeah, just match fit. And that's, that's, I think with those two, they win that game, if I'm being honest. So, yeah. Well, speaking of team that won a game and got things back on the right foot, Jeff's boys, Manchester City, 5 nothing win over Norwich, although everyone on the pod predicted at least four goals for City. I think uh, Brian predicted exactly 5 nothing. You and I had 4 nothing and 4-1. Tim Krul started the scoring with an own goal, of course. He went on a rage, just as he did last year when he scored the own goal. Shout out Tim Krul. Yeah, he's been there. He's, I mean, <laughs> how old is Tim Krul? That's a good question. You know what? I think it's time to ask. How old is Tim Krul? Oh, it didn't talk. It's silent. It said 33. He's only 33, mate. Wow. That's wild. Tim Krul is younger than me. Oh, man. I thought he was – he surely looks like an older fellow. Uh, but Grealish getting his first city goal. Laporte, Sterling, Mares, they spread the wealth. Uh, again, huge butt kicking. Since Pep joined Manchester City, this was in 2016-17, there have been 49 Premier League matches where a team has won by five or more goals. 
What I want to ask you, what percentage do you think City are responsible for? Out of those 49 matches, what percentage have City been the team that won by five or more? Huh. You can give me a number or you can give me a percentage. So there have been 49 times a team has won by five or more. How many times has City been the team that's done I'll that? I think 40%. You were close. Yeah, 47%. They've done it 23 times under Pep Guardiola. Uh, First of all, before we get into City, how bad do you feel for Norwich? They started the season against Liverpool and now at City. Um, so that's why they have a goal differential of negative eight, scoring none. Uh, yeah. Do you feel bad for Norwich starting off against those two teams? You know, I, I do feel bad, but it only gets better from here. That's true. You, you can't – there's no way um, for them, even though – let's see who they play this week. Leicester. I mean, it's, it's still not easy, but it doesn't get – at least it's you not – got to hope whoever their manager is. Who's their manager? They have a new guy. I saw, so I was watching the other day. I'm like, who is this lad? It's someone we've never heard of. Um, gosh, someone is shouting it at home. I'm going to look it up because he, it's some Spanish lad, mate. Um, really? His name never... is, I'm coming to it right now. Daniel Fark. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You definitely know Daniel Fark, mate. <laughs> mate, and he's not Spanish. <laughs> he's German, which oh, isn't, no. isn't even close to Smith. You know who I was thinking of? Probably the Watford guy. I always mix. I, I'll be honest with you. This season, I've just mixed up these two teams because to me, they're they're the same. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Park, though. Uh, hopefully, he's kind of riddling into his team that you know. You're like, guys, we just got, we just, you know, we have the worst fucking schedule. You're not that bad. You know, so just fucking head high, you know. He just hoped that one guy that came in from, you know, Ghana isn't like, oh, well, you joined the shit team, you know, like hopefully he realizes. You know what I mean? Let's like, right. like guys. Well, by the way, it is, uh, it's Shisco that's the manager of Watford. So he is Spanish, but that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, you're right. With with Norwich, it's it's been a tough road. Timu Puki's leading the line, our boy. He hasn't really done much this season, not many opportunities, but I will say this. I, uh, I believe that Norwich did win their EFL Cup match this middle of the week. And just like Arsenal, who needed to win, right? Norwich got a 6-0 win over Bournemouth. Uh, so there's that. And Josh Sargent, our boy, scored twice for Norwich. So he plays for them now. Which you, you, yeah, you remember. He's not going to start, is he? Or is he Unfortunately, he's not getting the starts over uh, – Team Upuk yet, but man, if he scores two goals a game in, in these cup matches, yeah, might be worth might be worth a shot. So he, yeah, he um, he had Brandon Williams, by the way, on loan from uh, Manchester United. Do you remember him? Yep, Brandon. Yeah, they do have the. Uh, we called him Bernie Williams last year, two years ago, and yeah. they have uh, Gilmore of uh, of Chelsea. Which, if you recall, Liverpool fans gave him a nice welcome when they visited. <laughs> yep. uh, <laughs> Speaking now of City, though, let's let's move to City. So Norwich, well, yeah, it hopefully won't get much worse. City now searching for a number nine. Their number nine did, didn't score any of the five goals in this match. Gabriel Jesus was nowhere to be found on the score sheet. Yeah. Do you think at some point it's gonna it's gonna come back to haunt them? Is there anyone out there that they can get here in the last five six days? Cool. I mean, uh, I, there were there were the Ronaldo rumors today. I don't know. Did you hear those? Apparently he requested it. Right. So does that answer the number nine problem? <laughs> I 
It does, but at some point you have to like, you know, FIFA financial fair play, I'm guessing, kind of plays somewhere in this. Like, yeah. <laughs> does New Jersey sales count as like profit? I, I believe so, yeah. You okay. get quite a well, bit out of that. If I'm City, then I I beg for an yeah. Why not? Yeah, get Ronaldo. Yeah. And then do you think they get him and then get Erling Holland next year? Because there's, I mean, maybe Lewandowski, because apparently he's seeking a new challenge, but I don't think Bayern will give him up this late in the window um, yeah. unless they have someone lined up. So, yeah, dude, I don't, they, yeah, dude, they, uh, this Harry Kane thing really screwed them over. Really do you think City need, need a player to come in to win the league? That's As now, do you think they'll have no shot? Um, I mean, I'm not going to say they have no shot. Right. Um, it's like, you know, how important Lukaku was to Chelsea to grab, yeah. you know, whether you saw it as important or not, that's how I look at how important getting a good nine is for city, but it's just tougher because there aren't many people out there that are worth the long-term, you know, investment. And I don't think they're looking for a loney striker, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's true. So we'll, yeah, we'll have to see what they can do because I'll say this. I think with the quality we're seeing in the, within the Premier League this season, I think they're going to need a number nine to, to have, a, have a greater shot of winning. Right now, I'd put their chances of winning the league a little below 50%. That's not to say they're not favorites. It's just to say that there are three teams that I fancy that can win it. And it's almost kind of even. You still there. have them as the favorite then, right? Was? You, you would still have them as the favorite. Then. I, I picked Chelsea to win it. So, I mean, but so I almost 40, what's Chelsea at? Well, no, I'm, I'm almost quite even to be honest. I should re say that, you know, if they start at 33, 33, 33 for these three teams, Hey, you know, it's slight bit advantage for Chelsea and then, and then city and Liverpool are right there too. So I don't know. It'd be below 40, but if they can get this striker, it goes up to me, it goes above. So I don't know. Yeah. They They need to figure it out. And then the injury problems definitely worry me with them. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'd say so because uh, we'll have to see what happens here. Well, no, they have Grealish, Sterling, Foden. But if they get hurt up top, yeah, I don't think you can go with Ferran Torres all season as a false nine. All right. So let's say this season they don't win Champions League again and finish second in the Premier League. If you're the Sheik, is it, is, is it time? Has the milk gone stale? Well, it's funny you say that. I don't know yeah. if you saw this came across the wire couple hours ago maybe um it was in our it was in our dms somewhere too uh something about i'll say let me let me find it real quick here it's about pep actually pep has confirmed that his time at city will come to an end when his contract runs out in 2023 he has said i must take a break after uh seven years at manchester city i need to stop and see learn from other coaches and maybe take that path a national team, yes. The next step will be a national team if there's a possibility. So I'd like to train for a European Championship, a Copa America, a World Cup. So I guess that counts America out of it. <laughs> no USA. I think he's looking at the Spain job. Yeah, I mean it's possible. So so I don't I think the sheet pretty much is just gonna run him through 2003 no matter what, and then go from there. Damn. So you're already, he's got to think ahead of time. And if you're the Sheik, I don't know who, who's out there to grab. <laughs> That's a good question, mate. Grab, you know, it's. 
Well, in 2023, the landscape will change quite a bit. I'm sure someone will emerge as a good manager. Could be, could be, uh, depends if he's jumping around, but I'm sure someone, you know, one of these young guys surely has to emerge who knows. And maybe they have a guy that's, uh, Let's see. Do City have maybe Vincent Company will be ready to manage them then? I mean, he doesn't he manage a team in uh, Belgium. Yeah. Hey, by 2023, that's two years of, of managing there. Or if he comes on as an assistant next year, I could see it. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, with he, I think he can skip that assistant thing because he played under Pep, right? He did. So yeah. Well. You never know, I guess. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with City. We'll see if they get who they have to get by the window. I forgot. This is our last episode until the window, although I'm very much considering having one the night that the window closes. So um, stay tuned, folks. We'll see if our next episode is uh, is then or if we can figure out when to get the panel. Now, to close out the rest of the week, uh, the rest of the matches, uh, Brighton 2, Watford nil, Duffy and Mape scoring for the Seagulls. Villa 2-0 winners over Newcastle. Ings with a cracker of a bicycle kick. And Al Ghazi with a penalty uh, to give Villa three points. <laughs> Palace and Brentford, nil-nil draw. Not much going on there. Leeds, Al Ghazi, by the way. Your boy. Shout out. Uh, Leeds and Everton, a 2-2 thriller. Calvert-Lewin and Gray scoring for Everton. Click and Rafinha with a nice goal for Leeds. Out of these matches, anything you want to bring up aside from shouting out to your boy Al Ghazi? And Ings with an I think that Ings goal uh, is going to be up there when you look at the goal of the year. It's it's going to be one of them. I don't think it'll win it. I think there's still going to be one absolute just ridiculous goal, but it'll be a candidate. Safe to say that transfer's working out pretty well. He's got two goals in two matches, both coming in mega injury time though. But hey, he gets the job yeah. done. Um, Brighton six points out of two matches. I know a few of us mentioned uh, Brighton as a. Uh, a dark horse. Hey, I had them winning. I said they'd win, <laughs> so they did it. That's true. And I, I, I will shout out, myself, shout out myself and Brian for calling them dark horses. So there's yeah. that. And another stat about Brighton. Only Chelsea and Man City have more clean sheets in 2021 than Brighton. Brighton has 10, City and Chelsea 13. Uh, so there's that. Did you see Leeds Everton? Um. I might have seen glimpses of it now that you mention it. Uh, that was a hell of a match. It was just back and forth, back and forth. So, of course, Leeds plays in a lot of those matches. But to me, that was one of the more entertaining matches of the week for just the neutral to just chill and watch and be like, okay, something's happening at all moments. Pretty good stuff. Two great managers that are fun to watch. So There you go. And I was a little disappointed that Brentford couldn't score one. They, they put pressure on Palace. Late in the match, Palace looked better, but then, hey, I felt like I had red zone going on. I had a match on my phone, a match on my laptop, and a match on the TV. And it's been, that was the first time in a while that I was just so tuned in. Cause you, as you know, I was in Portugal during week one of the year. So this was really my, yeah. my week one. So uh, good stuff there. Anything else you want to talk about? Any of the teams before we head to the comments? Um, Everton won today against Huddersfield. I don't know if you saw that. What was the, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because your boy scored. Which one? Alex Awobi. There you go. He's back. Yep. Alex Awobi scored as well as. Is that me or you? That's your Alexa. Alexa, stop. <laughs> what was Alexa saying something about Alex Awobi? Oh, because I said Awobi's first name. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
That was wild. Um, hilarious. Andrew Townsend also scored, by the way, the game winner when they were a man down. So, Moise Keen, surely he's got to leave. Like, what's going on there? It's he's not still working. There? He's the one that got the red card. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Bananas. Yeah, I thought he was going to go back to Juve, but. Oh, no, he was at PSG last season. Wasn't it working out for him pretty well? No. Better than at Everton, though. Scored like one goal. Yikes. Oh, maybe. In a Harvard <laughs> league, not in the top five. So Messi has gone to a team that is not in the top five, by the way. That, but, yeah. That's, I'm blabbering at this point. Shout out that. Okay. Yeah, Moise Keen. he's young. We got to remember he's young. Let's see what happens. 20. Then. Let's see what happens. Yeah, young guy. And that's what I want to reiterate. A lot of people forget some of these guys are young. Give them time. So Steve brought up a pretty cool graphic uh, that I thought we can kind of guess or, or discuss a little bit here. It's in regards to the teams that have not scored a goal yet this season. Uh, uh, so right now, I think there's a graphic put up by Fox Soccer. There are four Premier League teams that have no goals yet this season. Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Norwich City, and Wolves. Which team will score first out of those four teams? Uh, now, you could look at matchups, too. We got Arsenal playing Man City. Yikes. They do play the earliest match. So if they score, they technically are first. You got then, I think, in order of when they play, Palace plays at 9 a.m. They're playing at West Ham. Norwich plays also at the same time as West uh, as Palace. They play Leicester, and Wolves have the last game hosting Man United. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, Palace. Palace. Steve also said Palace. Are you ready for what? I, well, I I say Palace too because if I look at my score predictions right now, Palace are the only one of the three that I've scored, one of the four that I've scored this week. Yep. Um, which one will be last to score? The last team playing. Well, I mean, so, but what if a few of them don't score this week? I mean, who will be the last? I don't think that's two o'clock. Who's the two o'clock team? Wolves. Who are they playing? United. No, they're not scoring. What if both both Wolves and Arsenal and, or Arsenal, Wolves and Norwich don't score? Only, let's say only Palace scores. Then it goes to two weeks from now. Then we'll see who the opponents are, but let's take it one week at a time. I think Arsenal will get a goal against City. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Because yeah. I was going to say, if you had no Arsenal and Norwich, would be playing each other coming back off the break. So, Well, then, obviously, <laughs> Arsenal are going to Then I don't know who Wolves are playing, but yeah, I, I agree. I have Palace scoring. Let us know at the footy corner, too, which one of those four teams will score first. I think, you know, maybe I'll make it a poll, and that'll be a good poll. Uh, which team to score last? I'm going to go with just not even looking ahead at the schedules. Norwich. I'm going Norwich. Probably. I think Wolves have struggled, but Adama Chari will nick one at some point here coming up. So oh. we'll see how that goes. Okay, so there's that one. Uh, I thought that was a pretty cool question wow. asked by Steve. Storming bad here, by the way, in Chicago. That was wild lightning that just happened. Oh, is it? It's, you could see it better on your side of the building, I think, than, than me. You're so. currently facing a wall, so yeah. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, our window faces north where yours is south. So um, anyway, I don't know if you saw this. Steve posted this from Sanjeev Kohli. Your boy. Uh, it, yeah, he is my boy, I guess. If you're wondering how to pronounce Ayanacho, 
It's what a Jordy says when he finds a Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. Can you do that impersonation or no? Uh, a nacho? Yeah. <laughs> nacho? I don't know. I uh, uh, a Jordy? I don't know. That's a tough Says, act to get. When they find a Dorito, I <laughs> <a> nacho. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. How about Jordy Shore? Yeah, that, I figured you'd like that one from, from then. Uh, Brian tweeted something from Amir Blumenfeld. You know, have you, heard, you know him, right? No. Amir Blumenfeld, he used to do quite a few things on the sports and comedy front. Now he's in the podcasting game. He says, tag a podcaster you like that deserves better ads on their show because you want them to grow and succeed, even if it means listening to them discussing a product or service that you may ultimately enjoy and want to support by using the coupon code for 20% off. So he tagged us. I don't know if that means that we'll get a call from him soon. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, but I do you know, have uh, a strategy, though, to get us out there. So That's uh, true. We're going to test it out. For all those listening, be prepared. Maybe within the next month or two here, we're going to roll a couple things out. So big things happening here at the Footy Corner, maybe. We have tried the ad route. We have. We, we have tried submitting some, <laughs> some ad. I think our titles is what, you know, threw them off. Because when we're calling people wankers and That's uh, true. <laughs> nonces, it's we were, wondering, tough. we were wondering if Tim Howard was white. So that was that was a bit bananas. Yeah, that had that that actually. If you look for that now, you can't find that episode, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Episode unfortunately got deleted because uh, <laughs> <laughs> wildness. Yeah, some things happened. Some people were looking for jobs at the time, and then uh, we couldn't have that title there. I think multiple people were looking for jobs. <laughs> exactly. So that's why that title went down. Been a little, it's been a little more tame, but at this point, just I don't care anymore. So, there you go. Uh, now here's an interesting one you know, your boy, uh, Mark Noble, is back in the news. He's made a bunch of appearances for West Ham. Well, you might say they're top of the table because he's made no appearances for them this year, but came in as a sub, uh, last game, maybe last game. You're right, for a little bit, maybe it was like a charity play, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mark Noble. This is last season, right? Like, this is it? Isn't yes. there any announce that? It is because, because he has one year left on his deal. And David Moyes came out and said that uh, Mark Noble could be set for a role as a sporting director at West Ham once he hangs up his boots. Uh, he said, I think Mark has other ideas when asked if Mark Noble will play another season after this. He said he has other ideas, maybe a role as a sporting director or a technical director rather than on the football inside. We're already starting to use Mark in the other roles behind the scenes. So Mark Noble, sporting director, West Ham thoughts. What is a sporting director, Jay? Basically, I think they're, you know, them and the technical director, they they talk with the manager about transfers. For instance, at, at uh, Arsenal, it's Edu. Edu, people know that quite a bit because he's been a part of a lot of fuckery. Uh, I don't know who does it at other clubs, but it's just so it's the like guy the that person that recommends transfers. Yeah, basically someone that's in charge of like the scouting system and, and has a bunch of scouts that report to him. Then he discusses with the manager what he's found and what you know they talk. It's basically the sporting director. And the See, what worries me about that is Mark Noble. Um, <laughs> he like you don't want someone that thinks one way. Mm-hmm. He seems like a. I mean, again, this is me being totally judgmental, so I could be totally wrong. 
he just seems like someone that would be stuck in like the old English way. So like if he's, <laughs> he's a, if there's someone out there that's flashy that, you know, can fucking light up the, but he'd just be like, no, he's too this, you know what I mean? He just seems like someone that could be like that, you know, that's just what it, I feel like if, I feel like that's a specialty job. I don't know if you should give that out to necessarily a, I don't know. I could be wrong. What have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh have you, you've seen everything up until the current episode? No, not yet. Oh, I was going to say, I we haven't finally... watched any show. I mean, I haven't watched, I haven't been able to watch anything actually. I've been recommended a couple shows. I got to watch them, mate. Well, we actually finally caught up. Shout out Brian. Cause he, for years was like, guys, watch Ted Lasso. And you've been, you know, you guys have been, you've I'm been about to watch his Twitch after we're done recording. Cause he's, uh, on, he's playing F1 and he's on Twitch. Wait, so, who is Brian? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I thought you meant Ted Lasso. I was like, boy, mate, Jason Sudeikis is on Twitch playing F1. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, you, so you've seen some episodes though, right? No, just the one we saw. Oh, pool. you only seen that one. That's it. Do you remember Roy Kent, the, the Hardo player, the captain? Yeah. 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 Does he, is that the type you're picturing when you were explaining Mark Noble, that's the type I was picturing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you should want, you should catch up to the show. We, I, we've caught up to a lot of it. It is, it's really good. It's really yeah. good. Good show. I need to see Sunderland until I die though. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, in other news, Man City, Perfect time to do it against Arsenal. It's like a homecoming game. You know, easy win. They're going to unveil a couple statues before the game. Do you know which players that they're going to unveil before this Arsenal game? Do you have any guesses? Henri has a statue, right? Yeah, no, no. City players. City's going to do it. City, they haven't been around long enough, though. Well, apparently it's enough for two players to have statues before this Arsenal game. All right, it's easy. There's only two players that are worthy of it. Uh-huh. Vincent Company. Yep. And uh, Sergio Aguero. So Sergio Aguero is going to get his next year. His hasn't been completed. They actually have announced that Sergio Aguero will have the third statue. Vincent Company is one of them that will be honored David at the Silva. Next. And the other one is David Silva. Yes. They'll have. Uh, so here's my theory on statue. David Silva. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great player. Makes so, oh, so many starting 11s in his prime. If not all, but like, he's just not that guy. <laughs> like when I think what of a mean? statue, when I think of a, sta- for example, the white Sox, who's their statue, Frank, Frank Thomas. Cause he was that guy who's mm-hmm. at, you go to the United center and here in, yeah, I'm thinking Chicago. Cause that's where we are. So fuck you deal with it. So you go to United center. Who's the statue out in front? Yeah. It's Michael Jordan. Michael fucking Jordan, Frank Thomas. Um, you know, these are that guy, that guy. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Is David Silva that guy? He's made 436 appearances. I will 100% say Vincent Company was that guy. Mm-hmm. David Silva, Jeff, he's not that guy. <laughs> Sergio Aguero, he's that guy. That's why I'm saying those two are the only two worthy of having anything outside of that stadium. Says Silva made 436 appearances for City, was widely regarded as one of the club's greatest players. That's not tough. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But yeah. Interesting stuff. 
Well, well, I want to hear Jeff. Please let us know what you think. I guess you'll probably be able to tell us in a panel pretty soon. I mean, uh, Arsenal. Who's their statue? Did I say this? Yeah, Thierry Henry. He was that guy. We like, have Bird Camp too up there. That, and yeah, I mean, well, that's yeah. I mm, he's on. He's a fringe on that guy for me. He's fringe because he had the iconic goal. He's a very similar like type status for me as David Silva. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, uh, Jeff, we want to know your thoughts on this as well. One more thing at, at the footy corner to let us know everyone else, what you think of company and Silva getting their statues Aguero next year. Is that too many in, in that kind of a team? Uh, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about, well, I'm not trying to say bad things about him, but like, what I'm trying to say <laughs> <just> is casually. <laughs> mate, I'm talking about like, you know, you can't just have all your players from one era. You need to save room for the other. Are they going to be next to each other? You think? Oh my lord! I, speaking of which, sorry to take it. I just got a score update that says Brendan Rodgers doubles to left field. <laughs> this is <a> Brendan <laughs> Rodgers that plays for the Rockies. Bananas. Anyway, <laughs> what were you saying? I said, wouldn't you put them next to each other though, since they were the same era? Or yeah. Maybe? Okay. I think you could make one statue with like a with couple three of them on it. Yeah, but you. But would like, that be you, cool. So, yeah. would you rather have a statue with? those three just together or would you rather have you know separate ones those three together man because what like what are you going to do when they have these great players in like 15 20 years you're going to run out of places to put these statues in i mean what if kdb does what if kdb finally wins a trophy then he needs a statue but like kdb done let's say he stays there do you give kdb a trophy you know i that's what I'm saying. I don't know. They're willy nilly just giving these trophies out or uh, sorry, statues. And uh, yeah, that's why I made that comment. Nothing, nothing against the team. It's just, man, it's like, okay, you got to save some for other eras. I think, but here's the thing though. I think uh company deserves his own. Okay. Just he was the captain leader, legend type shit. All right. There you go. So company deserves his own. The others can share. Uh, we will go to one more thing before we get to a fun segment. We're bringing back. I don't know if you heard about this. It came out just today, I think. Uh, Premier League will refuse the release of players to red list countries. So as everyone, well, as some people know, the international break is coming up. World Cup qualifiers. So these are these aren't just friendlies. This isn't Nations League. This is World Cup qualifiers. And every Premier League club will refuse to release their players for international games to countries that are on the quote-unquote red list. This is thought to impact between 50 and 60 players at a vast majority of teams in the top flight. Um, This is from The Athletic. Revealed that players would not be released on Tuesday, with the Premier League confirming the news in a story later that evening. Spain's La Liga and Italy's Serie A have also followed suit. So the statement reads, Premier League clubs have today reluctantly but unanimously decided not to release players for international matches played on these red list countries. Again, this is 60 players from 19 Premier League clubs who will be affected not being able to travel to 26 red list countries. Um, I believe a couple of your Liverpool players Mo are going to be on that. Mo Salah is somewhere on there. Good. You just, because we've seen this with Aubameyang. You've seen this firsthand. These guys go there. They get malaria. They get stuck in airports. Yeah. They get rabies. No. I'm done with it. I want these guys to stay here where they're safe until further notice. Who, who got rabies? 
I don't know, man. <laughs> Who got bit? Can't by be an risking animal. it though. We don't want. We don't want there to be someone that gets rabies. This, this man just point. listed everything but COVID. <laughs> in the COVID, yeah, we don't want there to be COVID either, mate. There's a new variant out. There. But don't you feel bad for? I mean, and I get that. I no. agree, but don't you feel bad for you know a country or that player that wants to represent their country because this is for the World Cup? Wouldn't you say maybe they should put those? off a little bit or or, or maybe play the match in a non-red country played at a neutral ground so that you wouldn't like say you're Egypt would you rather have your player like would you take your home game and put it on a neutral ground so you can have some of your best players for that match yeah but Egypt is probably playing a team that doesn't have that luxury or those players They're like no fuck that we're not moving this game we're playing it so that you're missing your players and as as a Premier League you know, it sucks to say, but I agree with the Premier League on this, man. Like, it's just not safe. Um, All right. I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, I'll be honest. As an Arsenal fan, yeah, I'm okay with it because, A, you know, I get – we we need we need all these players to train together for these two weeks that they start getting healthy. We need Garbalish not to go off to Brazil, which is infested. Uh, you know, we need good players not to go off places. And also, I feel like – as a U.S. fan, I don't think we're affected, right? Are we missing Pulisic? Are we going to miss? We're not. I don't know. We're not interested, of... right? Huh? I don't think so. So I think we. So yeah. it's easy for me to say, but if I were a fan of another country, then I'd say, Ah, yeah, yeah. Canada's red listed. I'm sure. I'd be <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. Shout out Jeff. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll see what happens there. But but yeah, if, I mean, if personally, you were a player. Let's say you were a player. Um. And let's say you were presented Iran. Okay. Uh, and the Premier League came out and said, look, man, you can't play this game because of this. Would you be okay with it or would you be a little upset? Or like, well, I'd probably be upset. I'd probably be a upset because I think, you know, how many chances do you get to represent, especially a team that oh, has man, made it a lot plenty. lately. But may, 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 may. You're going to have plenty. Well, you're in the Premier League playing for a team like Iran. You're going to get called up every opportunity. But it's World Cup qualifying, and that team might miss you. And if they lose – and World Cup qualifying, especially in Asia, you lose one or two matches that you should win, you're done. And you got to wait another four years to get back in. So you'd be upset. You'd be yeah. like, fuck this. I want to go. Um, Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. I, I don't even actually know who Iran plays during this break. I mean, if they're playing like a really shit don't team, they play I think Iraq? Over. They do? I thought they did. I mean, they do somewhere on their schedule, but I'm not sure. I don't know which games are play- – so it also depends, like, who are we playing in this cycle? You know what I mean? Like, if we're if, – if I was on their team and they were playing, like, Guam, then I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I don't – I mean, Guam sucks. I'll miss that game. So actually, Iran, Iran will be missing their Premier League players for Syria, which is okay because I want to make an inappropriate joke, but they're playing <laughs> Syria and then they're playing, uh, but they are playing Iraq on Monday. So Oh, they are. Okay. Well, they don't have any, I don't think they have any Premier League players anymore, but if they, but if La Liga. Uh, Jahan boxed? Yeah, he moved. He, he went to uh, Netherlands. He left. Damn it. But. If now the Portuguese league, that's my question. Did they follow suit? Because Taremi is needed. I mean, and 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 Osmoon. We can't have the Russian league following suit either. So Osmoon's. Yeah. I mean, the Russian league. They're they're they'll let him go. Anything goes in the Russian league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could probably play with COVID if you want to. Um, All right. 
Hey, you also you, you mentioned Tarimi, but you didn't mention Alipur. What's up with that? Hey, I'm telling you, he's gonna That's get a shot. Wild of you not to mention our double boy. He need our boy from Maritimo. He just needs to score a couple more goals. He's not getting noticed yet. Hey, he'll get there because jo- Joel. Is, it's well. shout out Patterson. Joel, his boy, number ninety-five, is played literally seventeen minutes after signing for the club. <laughs> And hurt his foot. Well, he, said he should have gotten number one fifty or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it stinks because every article I'm reading is like in Portuguese, and then anything in English just says he has hurt his foot. And I'm like, well, how long, mate? Like a foot has many different types of injuries. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But Ali Ali poor. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get called up. Eventually, at some point, you'd think he would. I mean, he's playing for the number eight team in the top five league in the in the world. So. Uh, you know, someone's got to go find him. If they don't, I'll send some emails out. I don't know if you heard, did you see that talk sport um, article recent, not article um, uh, clip from a show that the guy came on after the Chelsea match and said that he suggested players to Wenger back in the day. <laughs> no, I did not. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, they had a caller on and he's like, I've emailed the club. He's like, you emailed the club. He said, did you get any responses or who did you email? He's like, I emailed Wenger. <laughs> and apparently he got responses. So anyway, uh, I'll see if he claimed the, the guy claimed he did, but it's clear he didn't. I'll see if, um, you know what, we'll have the intern retweet that tonight. Cause that's one of the funniest, I, I have it on my Twitter, so we'll put it there, but let's go ahead and, uh, let's get to some of the final parts of this. Cause, uh, we're getting to, we're, we're reintroducing some segments. Mount Rushmore's not coming back yet, but we'll have to, you and I have to bring this back soon, but we are bringing back nonce of the week. And uh, we don't have results because it's been a while since we ran it, but I do have us four candidates. One was in a uh, a match in a second league. I believe it was a second league Czech match uh, between, was it, was it Czech? Maybe the teams are, someone's going to have to tell me with this, Zbrojovka Brno against Lieschen. Okay, and I think he was in the Czech leagues. Apparently, there was a drunk and aggressive fan that ran onto the pitch and attacked a steward. I don't know if you saw that. Basically, this lad was kicking the steward until there was a player from Lieschen, one of the teams, who stepped in and saved the steward. But the the player got a red card from the ref for coming in and saving the steward. Um, Dude, wow, where where is the other stewards? Like, where isn't there a steward? The steward bot? Like, there isn't just one steward. Like. If you're over there and you see your homie getting beat the fuck up, like possibly to death, don't you do something? Right, because like, they're kicking why does a player that see that's out of everything in this whole picture, that's what I see wrong is that the player has to do something. Where is the legit? Where are the other stewards? Where is the police? Where is the security? Where's the sure. police? <laughs> no, where's the police? <laughs> Bro, this guy is getting the shit beat out of him. Apparently, you said, like, he could have died. Yeah, he's getting his head kicked in. Dude, that's serious. Like It is. Where, like, where, where is it? <laughs> where are the other stewards, mate? That's a good question. Like, everyone is just watching until, you know, Xiao Cancelo comes and saves the day. That's, that's totally wrong. It's crazy because you're right. Like, what... 
I mean, could it be because it's like a second division check team? Maybe they're only like two stewards on the whole ground. So one of them couldn't run over to help him. Also, the player comes in. Why is this fan so pissed? (laughs) That's a good question, mate. Did he attack the steward and not anyone else? (laughs) Like there's refs, there's players. So many questions that I have, but like, yeah, yeah, that's just. So here's my thing is the, is the, then the ref gives a red card to the player and then the team Legion loses late because they were a man down. They lose two one. So my question to you is who is the nonce? Is it the ref for giving a red card for that? Is it the other stewards for not coming in or get this? The Legion manager has promised a large fine and potentially dismissing the player from his team for getting a red card in a crucial moment. <laughs> That's what he has said in a press conference. Surely he's surely he did something to this man. I, like he probably like he probably nearly killed the guy then. Like this is <laughs> so who's the who's the nonce, mate? I think the nonce, first and foremost, is the man that caused all this. Is the man <laughs> the that drunken in, the drunken fan rage and just be the steward. That's the nonce. All right, uh, you want to give it to the manager? Well, I was thinking either the ref or the manager, but yeah, I guess this fan was out of control. Yeah, maybe this I think is- the main culprit in this is the fan. So we'll say the second division uh, Czech League fan. Uh, so that's that one. The, other, the fellow stewards. I mean, yeah, that's true. They're all uh, they're all watching your friend. The steward- <laughs> like literally, we just got their phones out or something. I don't know. <laughs> so a separate question to the people. So we'll put for now. We'll put this drunken fan on, but also at the footy corner too. Let us know if you think someone else in this situation was a nonce. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy thing that happened. So that was that's one option: drunk fan slash steward slash manager slash ref slash everyone. Then there's James Rodriguez who, you know, might be sad because his manager left. Ancelotti's gone. But did you hear about what happened with him? Didn't he say, like, he doesn't even give a shit? Essentially, in other terms, yeah, he did. So um, he's missed the start of the campaign because he was isolating as a result of a COVID. I don't know if people knew that. But apparently he went on Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, shout out. Uh, he went on and he started talking to some fans or or you know, saying some things. And he said, I will start training on Monday. I think uh, on the weekend, I will not play. And he said, I don't even know who Everton is playing. Can you please tell me? I think it is a way because the past was here at home. He explained before someone gave him the answer. Ah, against Leeds, they play away from home against Bielsa, a difficult game. So anyway, he goes on about that and kind of covers himself and said, hopefully we win. But a player like Hamas, shouldn't he know who they're playing, even if he's not going to be in the team? No. Really? So you don't think he's an odds? Well, I think he should know, but it doesn't surprise me because, um, you know, actually, you know why this is? Okay, so he's a big time. It's tough to get out. He's a big time player. Sure. And um, whether you're a big time player or not, when your heart's not into something, you don't give a shit about yeah. the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's where it's concerning. Whereas I feel like if you're a big player um, and like you actually cared about the team um, and you don't have to be a big player. I think it's anyone. I think if you really care and you're into the the whole thing, I think that just says a lot about, you know, how much he's, he's into the whole project. I think he probably wants out to be completely honest with you, but um you get what I'm saying, right? Whether it's 
I think it's everything related, you know? Well, but it seems like he, I mean, I don't think he will. There are five, six days for him to go. I don't know who wants him in this man. I mean, he's for you to be like, oh, I don't even know who we're playing. I mean, mate, come on. Surely, I mean, surely as a player on a team, you should know who you're playing against. Even as fans, we know who, who our team's playing. Like if you had it semi as a priority, you know, he doesn't yeah. have playing soccer for Everton as a priority. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Well, that's not good, mate. They're paying him and he's not going to be going anywhere else. Anyway, professionalism, I guess, professionalism. Uh, all right. Let's go to something that maybe we'll find some nonsense in here. Well, I did the, oh, what? When, you, when you've played for Real Madrid, when you've played for Bayern Munich, when you've been the player of a World Cup, when you're playing for a team that's not in Champions League, not in any European competition, clearly not going to even be in the top four of the Premier League, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, as a professional, James is still on that list. I don't think he'll win this week because now we got some interesting ones. We got OCG Nice fans. Uh, a few people sent this. You sent some yeah. video of this. Um, yeah. Others have sent video. And the only reason I say the OCG Nice fans is because they caused the ruckus that created a fight. They were 100%. throwing some, some projectiles at Dimitri Payet, who was going to take a corner. And for once, he reacted back. A player reacted well, back. It wasn't just being thrown at him. It uh, it hit him. Right. Yeah. So he gets hit. He picks up a couple water bottles, throws them back. Uh, then you have fans that storm the pitch in an attempt to fight the players. You know, you have players such as former Arsenal guys, Mateo Ganduzi. Uh, Ganduzi uh, looked like he was looking for a fight, though. Like, let's be real. Did you is. watch that? Did you watch him? Yeah. I rewatched yeah. the whole thing just to see how he reacted. He was ready to just fight. Like, he yeah. had that 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 look. That you're just like he, if if a fan came up to him, they're they're done. He's gonna punch him. That's why I'm not shocked. That's the type of guy, type of guy he is. He uh, he was mad. Payet was mad. Alvaro Gonzalez, uh, Luan Perez. A lot of people upset. Uh, even even Marseille manager uh, Sampoli. I mean, man, you don't want to mess with Buff is Pitbull. He, is he? Yeah, bro. So he's there now, huh? Yeah. I mean, there. This image. I don't know if you've seen it. He had to be held back. Uh, I don't know if you can see the Where picture. Where was he at before? I feel like was he at a country? Chile? Yeah, Chile, right? Yeah, dude, that dude's a hard motherfucker, bro. <laughs> so he was involved in this. So it was actually no. seen. Get you know, you could see it as uh, unprofessional or inappropriate, but that whole scene, like, you know, it's it shows that the Marseille team is kind of together, though. So that's yeah, I guess that's something that could bring a team together. But definitely, I think. Putting the Nice fans up for nonsense—it's—it's it's a trend that we've seen a little too much lately. We saw Mexico do it against the U.S. Yeah, in the, uh, that, Nations League. like you like that hit Giorena too. It actually right. makes so, contact with them. That's a problem. Yeah, these are things, and and you've seen actually in some of the Premier League matches. I don't know if you've seen it that um, there have been goals scored, and you'll see a water bottle like go by yeah. at some point. That's just gotta coins, stop. That's just gotta coins stop. Coins are a problem too with that. That's true. Yes. Uh, uh, one well-known incident was Theo Walcott putting up the two nothing and getting coins thrown at him against Tottenham. <laughs> so yeah. uh, there was that. And the last one here uh, is some, something that was brought up. This isn't even really much to do with sports. Um, are you familiar with that? Uh, the cover of the Nirvana album that has the naked baby on it going for a dollar bill. Yeah. And it shows everything. Um, well, that baby is now older, right? Obviously this album came out in the early nineties. And this guy's name is Spencer Eldon, 
who appeared on the cover at four months old. Uh, and he has claimed he is suing Nirvana now, claiming that the um, image is child pornography. So Spencer Eldon uh, appeared as a naked baby, uh, is now suing the band. He has put this law- lawsuit forward in uh, California is where it's happening uh, towards you know the members of the band that are surviving. Not all of them are alive right now, obviously. Uh, he says the following. He was think alive months- is the term you were looking at. <laughs> sorry mate yeah that's true uh <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say things and read through this and i've totally fluffed my lines <laughs> eldon who was four months old when the image was made says he suffered quote-unquote lifelong damages including quote extreme and permanent emotional distress with physical manis- manifestations plus the loss of education wages and enjoyment of life the lawsuit claims the image is sexually graphic and says it makes Eldon resemble a sex worker grabbing for a dollar bill. It claims Eldon was never paid for appearing on the cover and that his parents never signed a release for, for the image, which was shot specifically for the album cover. It's been reported he was paid $250. He's seeking damages of 150000 from each of the defendants uh, and saying that they should be tried in front of a jury. Uh, so it's funny. The reason I put him up as nonce. That's, that's like probably like four fifty grand then. Right. I'm guessing. So. Yeah. But, but, and I can kind of understand to one extent when you say something like that, but no, he said like yeah, in 2016, he recreated the image with the New York post to mark the album's 25th anniversary saying, Oh, it's cool, but weird to be part of something so important that I don't even remember. So like five years later, now he's like, oh, child pornography. I'm damaged. Yeah. So this lad clearly is just looking for some money. He's, I think if he really had a problem with it, he would have uh, sued his parents or something. Because I think at the at the end, like the main call is your parents like Nirvana kidnapped you and fucking did this. You know, the parents obviously like kind of put you out there to do it, right? So yeah. whether they signed something or not, I'd put you know so much i'd put my own money to say that they were knew that they were getting 250 dollars for this and they said yeah do it so right that, and so, yeah it is and i and here's the other here are the last two things that i think that really put it over the edge and made me consider him for nonce he stated recently i've been thinking what if i wasn't okay with my freaking penis being shown to everybody which mind you is a he was a baby he was like four months old Everyone's got a tiny pecker when you're four months. <laughs> right. So I didn't really have a choice. Uh, he said, he also said that it was kind of creepy that many people have seen me naked. I feel like the world's biggest porn star. <laughs> yeah. See, like, I'd be interested to see if he gets anything out of it. But. That's what puts me, puts me up for him as nuts of the week. So anyway, the, the, um, Potential people are a drunken fan in Czech second league match cause trying to injure a steward. James Rodriguez for not knowing who Everton's playing. Uh, OCG Nice fans for causing a ruckus and a big fight against Marseille. And Spencer Eldon for suing Nirvana for, quote, making him feel like the biggest porn star in the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your choice? My choice is uh, the steward lad, the guy that beat down the steward. <laughs> And and would you give it to the steward friends that he has that didn't help him? They're they're up there, but I the main guy for just randomly being the shit out of a steward. Like <laughs> unless this unless you uh, unless 
you know, that guy is who your wife, you know, something. I don't know. Right. That's wild. I agree. They had to send death threats to your family to do that. I mean, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, I agree. I I don't know who I'd pick. I am thinking I lean that way. I go with Denise fans. I think that's just the, I like your pick more, but I'll go with Denise ones because they caused madness. And I think that's a worrying trend in soccer. So So I got a question um, real quick. It was aborted at one nil. So is that the final result? Because it was in the 75th minute. I thought it was suspended. I don't know. That's a good question. We're going to have to look up to see what's going on with this, uh, the rest of this uh, Nice and Marseille match, right? Yeah. Marseille. That was my only question because I was like, man, what if you bet on the game and you just imagine you're following the score, the game on flash score, and you just see a board and you're like, what happened? They're like, well, fans got out of control. You'd be like, what the fuck? Right. So now I'm reading. Especially if you're the team winning. Like, wouldn't you be pissed off? 15 more minutes. That is true. Uh, let's see. They have a disciplinary hearing that occurred today. So that's that, uh, match is abandoned. So what does that mean? Who gets the points? Oh my days. What's this all about? Uh, that's a good point. A good question. I still don't have an answer. Of course the French aren't, aren't to the point in their articles. They're having a disciplinary meeting match abandoned match abandoned. Uh, Marseille decided not to continue the match. Were they the ones losing? It counted as a draw. Really? Wow. And the table that I'm looking at, yeah, Marseille's on four points. They were 1-0 until then. And and you know what? I'm sure they'll take that because they were they were down. They were losing. They were losing. Oh, man. Nice fans. You So, yes, I'm definitely picking them because they caused their team points. Yeah. That's horrendous. Oh, my. All right. Well, with, the, with that figured out, uh, let us know your nuts. We're going to post it. Finally, we have a poll. Up Honor, honorary mention the Taliban for taking over a country. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We should have put that. That's why I need to get your uh, your nonsense coming in from you as well, mate. That's uh, <laughs> like I missed a couple there. That's a big one. Uh so, well, speaking of which, we got to put some things in your hands because now we'll go to the week three predictions. Remember, we started in week two because week one, there was utter confusion. Not many people made picks. And remember, this year, we're not doing average. We're doing your total. So there is one person that's starting in the hole, and we'll get to that. But leading the way after a week of scores, Arine with 20 points, solid week. Brian is in second with 18. Steve is in third with 16. I'm in fourth with 15. So it's all close. And he would be the caboose, Jeff. Remember, Jeff is great at international soccer, but here we come with the Premier League, and he's in last with 14, but he's not dead last. Nikhil did not make picks, so he has zero. So, mate, you, you're you only a week behind, and I'm sure people are going to miss weeks here or there, but you got a lot of ground to make up. So you're the caboose currently. Remember, no averages, so you can't skip if it's a hard match week. So uh, with that said, Arine, you and I will be on the board here for this match week. The other four... Plus, have to put in their picks on Twitter at the Footy Corner 2. So let's go ahead and kick this off. This week, we start on Saturday morning for us in America. Those in England, it's the 1230 kickoff. Man City hosting Arsenal. I'll start and I'll let you go second. I'm going to go Man City 2, Arsenal 0. And I think Gabriel Jesus scores his first goal of the season. Um, oof. Uh, so is Ben White's not going to be playing? Correct. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have no one playing, basically. I think Arteta will go back five, surely. I think it's going to be 3-1 mm-hmm. to City. And I think, uh, shit, who's your striker? Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, actually, no, I'll peg Sterling. Sterling goal. All right, Sterling goal off the wing, maybe drawing Tierney in again. Uh, Newcastle hosts Southampton. I think Newcastle to Southampton, too. I think it'll be a high-scoring match. Callum Wilson. Uh, I like Newcastle to win um, 2-0. 2-1, sorry. Wait, oh, Newcastle sucks this year. Um, I'll go 1-1, and I'll go Callum Wilson as well. You'll go one with Callum Wilson. I forgot Joe Willock, but I'll, I'll pick him next week. Uh, Brighton and Everton. I think Brighton is at, they're at home. I think they're going to have nine points out of three matches. One Brighton, one nil, Neil Mape. I'll go one, one. And uh, Richie. Richie is, uh, and there's rumors about Richie potentially going to Barcelona. Thoughts? That's been the rumors for two years now. Okay. So. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, <laughs> West Ham hosting Crystal Palace. I think West Ham will be another team that starts three for three. Um, I think they win three one over Palace. And I think Mikel Antonio keeps it up until he gets hurt. This will be a cheeky two nil, and I like Mikel Antonio. Antonio as well. Norwich hosting Leicester City. I think Leicester is going to be pissed about getting a red card and losing their last match. I think they'll win two nil at Carroll Road, and surely Jamie Vardy will score. Same thing. All right, Aston Villa hosting Brentford. I will be rooting for Brentford. But I think Aston Villa is going to get this one at home. I have Villa two, Brentford one, and I think Danny Ing scores another uh, injury time goal. I got one one, and I think Ings. There you go, Ings. This it's- is one of those gritty games that each team's going to get. You know, I think Brentford Brentford's going to get a goal first, and then Villa's going to respond, and that's it. I look forward to that game. I really do. Another game to look forward to: Liverpool Chelsea, one of the the main event I think of this week. Uh, I have, you know, what's funny. I could see this being zero, zero. Cause it's happened before when you're looking forward to a big match, but I've got one, one. And I've got Mo Salah as my goal score. I got two, one, uh, Mo Salah. I just think Liverpool has an answer for all of Chelsea's threats. That's what and they're at home. The big thing is they're at home. That's what kind of scared me. I almost made it one, nothing, but I don't know. They're at home. That's the scary thing. So that's true. They go up 2-0 and then give up a goal and uh, park park the bus until we get the dub. So it'll be a Liverpool W and then everyone's going to be on talk sport, gas in Liverpool up. Oh, they're back now. Whoa. Get ready for it. All right. We'll see. We'll see. uh, And that'll be, if that happens, they'll be uh, top of the lead with, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, Burnley leads. I don't see Burnley winning this one. They're at home, but I have Burnley one leads two. Rafinha is my goal scorer. I got a one nil leads mm-hmm. and um, Bamford. Bamford. Yep. I was, that was my other option. Tottenham and Watford. I think Tottenham's going to have the, even though we talked about that Harry Kane is not the answer. It is Watford. So I think against Watford, it works. Uh, and I think they will be pumped about having Kane back. And I think Kane will score two, nothing Tottenham. I have two nothing tandem as well, but I'll go Sun. Sun, okay, can't hurt. And what's hey? Do you know what they're doing? What's that little camera celebration that they do? The, the, did you see it? Have you seen it? That um, Ali did it too. I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't know. We're gonna have to find out if you know at the Footy Corner too. Let us know what the camera celebration is. Wolves Manchester United is the last match 
before the international break. I believe that's on Sunday. I got Wolves nil, United two, and I think Bruno will finally get a penalty. I got 3-1, and uh, yeah, I think he's the most consistent scorer on that on that team. So I, I'd agree with you there. 3-1. Yeah. I was going to say, as after I want to see Tony, as much as I want to see Tony, your boy, your boy, Tony, friend of the pod, friend of everything. I will say after being in fourth, I did a lot of conservative striker picks, but it seems like we have the same strikers. I found you can't get too fancy with that shit. No. So we'll see. And, Everyone, and, or, or go with the guy that's taking the team's pens. If you know, who's taking it. Yep. Exactly. He's a uh, good, back thing that going good fantasy tip too so everyone at the footy corner too and let's finally go to the last segment the gambling corner it was a rough week for the three of us that were on the show last week uh, it was rubbish it was bullshit i should have won my parlay well you only lost so i'll start with you you only lost four dollars and you had a different parlay than the other ones. You had Villa winning, Brighton winning, which they did, and Leicester you had winning, who lost the bad, one but. team. If you were to ask me, the one. You know what's funny about it? I'm going to go back to the last go episode. Bogus. I'm going to go. <laughs> it, I might even just insert the clip here, but I will say that if I if I get to it, if I figure out time, but I will say this. I don't know if you remember. You said, which team here could possibly lose? And I said, I got Lester losing. And you said that I was too into the Mark Noble romance story. <laughs> and I said, mate, I'm into the Mikel Antonio romance story. And mate, Antonio not only scored twice, but he also on the second goal picked up that cardboard cutout of himself and kissed himself. So it was the Mikel Antonio romance story. And as Jeff Paris says, he did nonce himself uh, in that match. But anyway, you only lost That's four. Very true. You only lost four. Brian and I both went United City Liverpool. Brian put all ten on it, and United screwed that up. I only put six. Screwed me up there, but I also lost. I had two on Brentford, two on Leeds. They both drew. So both Brian and I are negative ten. You're negative four. So anyone not on the pod has positives. Steve plus two dollars and seventeen cents. He smartly hammered the over in Leeds Everton. Over 2.5 goals. They scored four times. He won 417, but he lost two going with Palace. They were a popular pick this week. Same with Trevor. He lost five picking Palace, but he also won 725 picking Tottenham straight up to win their match against Wolves. So he is the leader. Trevor has plus 225. Steve plus 217. Arena in third at minus four. And Brian and I have the maximum negatives at minus 10. So time to make our picks this week. Well, the main thing that as Brian said before, don't bet on Premier League, but I will. Uh, and I'll start us off since I have these written down. I'm sure you're probably going through the site right now. I've got eight of my $10 this week on Leicester to beat Norwich. It's minus 140. That $8 will win me 571. I'm just trying to make some money back. And I got a couple draws I threw out there, hoping one of them hits maybe. I don't know. I got $1 on Newcastle Southampton to draw plus 250. So that'll win 250. One on Liverpool Chelsea to draw plus 250 to win 250. So if I hit on one of those, win some money. And I'm really needing Leicester to beat Norwich. That's my main thing. So let's see if that can work. Where are you trying to get your money back? Got a parlay, mate. Oh, just one parlay, right? One parlay. Okay. What is it? 
Got West Ham beating Crystal Palace at home. Uh huh. Leicester beating Norwich on the road. Okay. Spurs. This is the game I'm most worried about, ironically. Spurs beating Watford. At okay. Home. And Leeds beating Burnley. This Super all game parlay make. This all comes out the plus seven sixty two. <laughs> I will do four dollars and fifty nine cents on it. What? What? Okay. What does that win you? What does that win me, or what's the payout? Uh, what does that win you? Thirty five dollars on that. That's why I did four dollars. You're okay with losing four fifty nine because a fourteen parlay in soccer is very difficult. Which which of those teams do you see possibly not converting? Babe, do you want to ask me that? Because last time you asked me that, I told you the exact team, and that was the team that lost it. Okay, so I'm asking you now. All right, um, let me look. I got Leeds winning. I got Tottenham winning. I have Leicester winning, and I have West Ham winning. I can't tell you. Yeah, that's. that's uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm money this time. So if you want to make money in real life, you're welcome. If you want to ask me, the one I'd be a little worried about that could not win and maybe get a draw. It sounds wild. Would be Leeds at Burnley. Just, just weird feeling. Burnley is shite. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. That's well. That's the only one that I could see possible. But everything else, yeah. I mean, hey. Looking good here. So um, everyone else let us know at footy corner two or at the footy corner two. Um, It's interesting because we get some guys that come on the gambling corner, Trevor, that doesn't do the predictions. And then you have Nikhil and Jeff who do predictions, but not the gambling corner. And then you, me, uh, Steve and Brian are just the the degenerates that do everything. So there's that. Um, Anything else you want to add before we, we call it? uh, my real life gambling is back. <laughs> As today, I bet on Red Bull. I had a two pick same game parlay. Braun B versus Salzburg. I had Salzburg winning match with the over two and a half goals for a minus one hundred five, and it hit. So, oh my uh, lord! Shout out Red Bull Salzburg. There you go. I get okay. Shout out Red Bull Salzburg. Who? Yeah, that works. Um, Anything else that's aside from winning out. all your money? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, I got nothing else. And we we got, again, guys, one more match week. Then we head to the international break. Over the international break, we'll have one panel episode. And in an episode that we will bring our international break correspondent, or at least the U.S. team correspondent, Chris Patterson, uh, hopefully will be on it on one of the episodes as well, so we can discuss the international break. Um, So, guys, enjoy your, your soccer. Then enjoy a couple weeks off from it. Those international fans enjoy that. World Cup qualifying is back. Go USA, go Iran. That's all Who's I got. USA playing. Um, I should know that. Well, we so Iran's playing who? You said Syria and Iraq. Yeah. Uh, USA. I believe their first match is against the Tin Pot. If you ask me, is they're friendly? playing. What is this? They're playing at El Salvador on is September second. Yeah, this is a World Cup. Qual- it starts now. El Salvador on September 2nd away, Canada at home September 5th. That's the first set of matches. Wow. So there you go. And and it's now, you know, it's not a six-team thing. It's eight teams now. It's not a hexagonal anymore. It's an octagonal. So Dude, there's that. You know what? This is, I know we're dra- I'm dragging the episode, but, like, if you're a U.S. player and they're like, all right, bro, now we're have a game in El Salvador and you're going to stay a night in El Salvador, wouldn't you be like, 
what the fuck is this? But that's what that's what they have to be good at, mate. They got to start winning in these environments. And the fact that we can't do it is is poor. What environment, enough. mate? They're probably playing in front of like three donkeys. Well, that's Salvador. That's what I'm saying. A bad pitch, a bad, you know, because we're all so picky about the pitch being nice. Well, hey, you got to win against El Salvador on their donkey pitch. Yeah, because we're fielding out Champions League winners. That's why. Well, hey, the other teams, you don't see any issues when, uh, when, um, what is it, Germany plays Malta. You know, they might have had issues against North Macedonia, but <laughs> you could put in a transfer request like Australia did and move to Europe. Well, oh, geez, I don't know what. <laughs> Well, first, let's merge North and South America. How about that? No, mate. All right. <laughs> All right. On that controversial note, we'll go ahead and uh, we're done, right? We'll, we'll turn it over to our favorite guy. Yeah. Well, how about this? We'll turn it over to a guy that has his team in 15th place right now in La Liga after two matches, two points, zero goals for, zero goals against. Wow. Playing amazing, boring football. Unai Emery. Aloha. Love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, good evening.